0: Today, we're watching Star Trek, The Next Generation. While supplying medical aid to a planet in the midst of a civil war, Dr. Crusher is kidnapped by terrorists. But will their strange technology and penchant for violence be enough to stop Picard from freeing the doctor?
1: From January 27th, 1990, it's Season 3, Episode 12, The High Ground, or Star Trek, Touch of
0: Grey. Ugh. I'm Cam, that's Dan, and we're the Dr. Crusher Fan Club. Remarkable. Just, just remarkable. Utterly remarkable. Ah, Daniel. Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. But you, but I thought that these two episodes in a row were just lovely. I I had a great time.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think I especially like this second episode. I think the first one was good as well, but lots of different dynamics and, and interesting things happening. This one's Maybe better overall, but has more problems. I don't know. I have complicated feelings, but I really do enjoy this one. It's you. <laughs> I know. I'm so, so nuanced. I've, I've got such hot takes. You need oven mitts just to handle them.
0: <laughs> uh it's like you're the, the blood-fisted god of opinions.
1: I am. I am the bloody-fisted god of opinions. Um. I I do have I do have one little bit of trivia that I need to point out after you read the thing that just okay. makes me so tickled.
0: Ooh, Dan has trivia and it makes him tickled. I know. Is everyone ready? Are you ready? I'd better get through this thing quickly. Hang on. On Stardate 43510.7, the crew of the Enterprise is sent on a mercy mission to deliver medical supplies to the war-torn, non-affiliated planet, Rutia Four, in the middle of a decades-long conflict with rebel, rebel separatists called Ansata, which every time I see written down, I want to say Anastasia, but, you know, just personal problems. Anastasia is far much more fun to say. <laughs> While Dr. Crusher, Data, and Worf relax in a cafe, a bomb casually goes off in a public plaza, injuring many bystanders. Dr. Crusher attempts to tend to the wounded and goes against Captain Picard's suggestion to return to the ship, but her efforts are interrupted when she is abducted by a man using an unknown method of teleportation. After being denied the use of the Enterprise's superior firepower to seek and destroy the Ansata's base alexana devos the head of rutland security orders severe interrogation to all known Ansata sympathizers and an act which the enterprise crew finds horrifying and incredibly immoral without new information from devos the enterprise crew investigate the teleportation technology and find that it is used to shift between dimensions allowing the ansata to rebel and bypass even force fields notice how i used rebel as a as an adverb there At the Ansata base, Crusher learns her abductor is Kyril Finn, the leader of the Ansata. Crusher refuses to eat or otherwise cooperate with Finn. After several hours, Finn lets Crusher out of her restraints and requests that she help treat their wounded. Crusher discovers that the inverters, the Ansata teleportation technology, cause irreversible damage to the user's DNA, and that many of the Ansata are sick due to excessive use of the inverters. Finn admits that the Inverter is their only advantage against the Rutland government. During an interrogation of a known sympathizer, Riker tells him to let the Ansata know that they are willing to talk. After, Finn believes that the Federation, by providing medical aid and working with the Rutland government, is against them and launches an attack on the Enterprise. Despite Crusher's request to avoid harming her son, because turns out he had a son and he's dead now the Ansata managed to plant a bomb on the Enterprise's warp engine the warp core as it were but quickly that is put down and put out into space by La Forge the distraction is enough to allow Finn to appear on the bridge and abduct Captain Picard with Picard as his captive Finn uses the inverter to come to Counselor Troi on the Enterprise and demand the Federation become involved in mediating the dispute, returning to the planet before security can arrive Picard, learning of Crusher's situation, tells her she should have obeyed orders, that Wesley is awesome, and to continue working on gaining Finn's confidence to hopefully end the dispute peacefully. Data and Wesley are able to use Finn's appearance to locate the inside of base, and Commander Riker, Worf, and DeVos assemble their forces. After they transport into the base, the combined forces are quickly able to quell the resistance. Finn, at his last resort, attempts to execute Picard, but DeVos kills him. It is her conclusion that if Finn remained alive, his imprisonment would spark more resistance, while being killed in battle will only, will elevate him to martyr status, but reduce the violence short term. When, young, when a young Ansada member who had been helping Dr. Crusher attempts to exact revenge on Picard, Crusher is able to convince him to drop his weapon by saying, No more killing. No more killing. Drop it. Drop <laughs> it. <laughs> which Riker notes is a sign that there may be more fruitful discussions to resolve the issues in the future. And so ends the high ground. Cameron. Yes, Daniel.
1: This episode has such a wonderful nuanced conversation about war and conflict and it's, it's well thought out and it's quotable. There's really only one explanation.
0: (laughs) You were correct.
1: <laughs> this is written by Miss Snodgrass.
0: It it was indeed
1: <laughs> knew it right away because her name appeared in the opening credits.
0: <laughs> but I mean, you can guess even by just how wonderful the dialogue is. Yep,
1: I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good at spotting hers from dialogue and DC Fontana episodes by being important in canon.
0: Well, and also the dialogue. She's so pithy, Bones. She's so pithy. <laughs> she is and so funny and touching Ugh! i mean i just only need to say one word to you No. Yep. to prove it it's shy oh
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't kill spock's cat dog tiger thing <laughs> not again um so in in prepping for this episode i'm looking at imdb and i see Mark Bucking, uh, Mark Buckland is the actor who played, not the waiter, just waiter. That's the character's <laughs> name. Yep. And I just thought, God, that must fucking suck. You're busting your hump in LA. You only got a couple credits under your belt. You probably are a waiter and you get cast as, waiter. Mom, I'm going to be on Star Trek as a waiter. And then I look at his picture and I go, hold up, this motherfucker's holding an Emmy. So Mark Buckland, This is his final acting credit in 1990. In 1997, he reemerges like a phoenix from the ashes to start a very successful and critically and commercially acclaimed television directing career. You know his work from Scrubs. You know it from My Name is Earl, for which he won an Emmy, along with more recent hits such as Stumptown on CBS. And I was like, that, my friends, that's a success story. You start doing one thing, and, you know, you reevaluate in the midst of it. I I dreamed of stardom. I never imagined that I would end up being a mediocre podcast host, but (laughs) life changes, and you just roll with the punches.
0: Oh, Daniel, how dare you say mediocre? I know, subpar. Regardless. No, no. no. (laughs) I mean, you have three of them. I know. And all of Um, which expose different aspects of your personality. I think that alone is exemplary.
1: Or a sign of mental instability.
0: Well, and this is also, I mean, this is an episode that should be celebrated because it is the first time in Star Trek history that it was written and directed by women.
1: Oh, that is interesting. I did not know that.
0: No, yeah, it's 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 so great. It's just really quality work on everyone's parts, and I I really like Gabrielle Beaumont. She come back she to does. direct more. She does.
1: Coot, this is a great episode. Really stellar it is. work.
0: Tis indeed.
1: Yeah, what did you love about this episode, Cameron?
0: I loved that. I also loved. Um, I loved. <laughs> Once again, the guest stars. I loved the sets and I loved, I really loved the plot. I found the whole thing fascinating. I, uh, I loved Dr. Crusher hanging out with Data at a cafe. I thought that was a lovely way to start. And I love that she was kidnapped and remains incredibly in- intelligent and present throughout. She, you know, she always has her head on her shoulders, but like, shows empathy and actually does what 24th century people are supposed to do. You know, I mean, she she is the reason that I mean sure she was kidnapped and they were trying to get her back, but like her perspective completely changed and she shows she shows sympathy for this group's cause and it just I I loved that. I I adore Gates McFadden. She's understated and brilliant in everything that she does and i yeah i loved the kid i loved that payoff and i loved everything i love i loved i love that every time dr crusher and captain picard are together it's always (laughs) it's always flirty and a little bitchy and just just the best it's it's so good oh
1: yeah always flirty
0: Uh, it's the best. Um, also, way to go, Wesley. He was remarkable in this episode. I don't have a single. I complaint think he's found the right level of volume with his hair. Intelligent as well. and level-headed, as as and about, genuinely you know, concerned. Is, and just, he's
1: hit. He's hit just about just about like, as much as he can do. I mean, I go did more, have more than this, and it starts. But we'll get to it, it just starts to look um, weird.
0: He has. <laughs> any more feathers that he'd fly away um he looks like Ray McClanahan, like he did in episode 1 of this season <laughs> feathers feathered 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 um <laughs> um yeah i just and i, well, I love when technology the, is killing us slowly the, uh through radiation technology, or whatever—the shifting technology that causes severe damage, but they have to use it anyway. I always find that trope incredibly compelling.
1: Just like now,
0: <laughs> cancer, Daniel. Um, <laughs> I yeah, I I had a great time. What did you love about this episode?
1: Uh, I loved the moral quandary. I love the back and forth between uh, Dr. Crusher and Finn, um, Kirill Finn. Lots of heat, lots of tension. I was like, why does Slash always end up in caves? Why do we always? It's just, it's like the perfect setting. It's dark, it's damp, it's dangerous. No one can see you. All the lights are artificial.
0: It represents the deepest recesses of our soul, Daniel.
1: Yep. And now we just have to go in there. You might think you're not ready to take it, but just go in there. Um, (laughs)
0: Spelunk, as it were.
1: (laughs) Spelunk, indeed, Cameron. Such a fun (laughs) word, spelunk. I think that this episode succeeded the most in one-on-one character interactions, whether that was Riker with, um, what was her name, Devs, Mm -hmm. Devos, yeah, Um, or uh, Picard and Riker, Picard, and Beverly. Beverly and Finn. Uh, Wesley was briefly fine. Um, <laughs> I love that when they told him that his mother was kidnapped. Deanna definitely like changed into the green dress before they went over there. And Wesley, you could tell he's like listening to what Picard said, and you could just see it on Will Wheaton's face because they're sitting on the couch together, and he's—you could see it—he's like, "Don't look." at her chest (laughs) don't look at her chest (laughs) you could see like you could see a vein on the side of his head starting to pulse as he's like eye contact eye contact eye contact it's pretty funny i clocked at least four different times in the picard maneuver was used in this episode always Mm -hmm. fun i loved uh when the enterprise got invaded like people beamed aboard and were fucking shit up and jordy had a great moment to shine taking his badge off and beaming it getting the transporter to lock on and o'brien miraculously being sober enough to function on the controls <laughs> and sending that out um and then uh the fact that he called for backup while he was diving it's like it turned into engineering
0: <laughs> it <laughs> might be it's, yeah it's it's yeah, so good it's my favorite it's Awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Um, I did like that the the troops were willingly like, well, I don't know if the troops knew what was causing the damage to them because their leader only just found out. And I don't think he shared that with anyone, so never mind. But I like that he was like, whatever it takes, just an all all or nothing, all cost. Like I want to bring in somebody else to the table who has a stake in this and negotiate like I, whatever I can do to try and further the cause. I kind of like madmen like that singularly devoted characters who have like one insatiable goal and it's driving them just a little bit crazy. I, I enjoy that kind of dedication. I find myself to be an undisciplined, lazy, useless fuck a lot of the time. So I admire the people who are like crazy devoted to that <laughs> one thing, that one thing they're really good at.
0: A lazy, um, useless fuck, huh? <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Um no there was there was a lot here that I enjoyed this episode went by quickly moved well took turns well structured well paced I think my favorite aspect was the conversations between Kyrill and Beverly like I agree. Finna- the Finn and Beverly conversations were the best they not were because I love her going a little bit Stockholm-y, but just because she starts this episode of, like, not even name rank and serial number, not making a quip. She's like, I'm going to say nothing to you. I have nothing to say to you, my captor. She goes from there to a place of empathy and understanding, which is a nice, you know, character arc. I like to see change in a single episode, even if it's just disposition, just a little bit of like, oh, I'm feeling this way, I'm feeling that way. Cameron, where you and I both come from, we have a saying, leave the gate as you found it, but clearly you do not leave the gates, McFadden, as you found it. (laughs) That joke was for you and you alone, buddy.
0: I appreciate it. Um, I also forgot to mention that it was a struggle for independence, and that's always incredibly compelling. It's just, I just, it never gets old.
1: That's why I cry at every production of 1776 I've ever seen. Same, Except it, not when you'd think. It's only when they go, sit down, John, sit down, John, for God's <laughs> sake, John, sit down. And I cry, and I'm like, John Adams didn't have great policies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was an instigator, though. <laughs> uh, sorry. You should be.
1: <sighs>
0: that that work is remarkable um (laughs) i mean the the reason it's remarkable is they make you question halfway through act two whether they're actually gonna do the thing that we know is for certain happening and the score is so much fun it's vaudeville anyway sorry back to uh should we quote this bitch
1: (laughs) we have to talk about what we didn't like cameron
0: oh you're right
1: But it wasn't all dimensional phase-shifting transporting devices, was it? <laughs> I mean, it was close. It was close. What didn't you like about this episode, Cameron?
0: My main thing is that when Beverly gets back on the ship and mother and son are reunited after this incredibly stressful situation, it's a shoulder touch.
1: Still got to be professional. It's Starfleet.
0: No. You don't.
1: <laughs> I still I think her being away for a year there's just like some weird distance still. I mean,
0: I probably probably. Yeah. It mm-hmm. just depends on whether you buy into whether they talked or not. It seems like they didn't no, talk at all. I
1: don't think they did. I really don't think they did.
0: And just she came back and suddenly discovered that every inch of her quarters was covered in semen and just <laughs> didn't know how to handle it.
1: Well, she's seen that before, but usually she was involved. It's just <laughs> This is a whole, just like his dad.
0: <laughs> Science and semen. The Beverly Crusher story. <laughs> 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 Fucking get it. Ah, <laughs> uh,
1: you know what I hated, Cameron.
0: What did you hate, Daniel?
1: I hate any army that outfits its soldiers in windbreakers. <laughs> I'm a bad guy. Pew, pew. Um, I thought the the needless graying of the... I'm like, just make just make them human or make them aliens. It's just like, no. All the men of this species have a streak of gray in their hair that can they easily sure be added to or washed out of the head of an extra. <laughs> it was... Oh, that was dumb. The cave set wasn't great. Um, it was a little... It was, it was fine. I also didn't like that they were so they could so easily infiltrate once they teleported in, sorry, transported in to the uh to the cave structure. It was real easy for them to like take a couple guards out and then just up, nope, it's over. I would have liked more of a shootout that to be a little more drawn out. Um, I also cannot believe that Riker actually uttered the words. People can't just appear and disappear. Like, you do that every single day. (laughs) That'd be like me being like, well, I don't know. I don't know how you could just get light to just be there. You need the sun, people. (laughs) I was like, that is like you were just like, uh, that's that's insane. People can't just appear and disappear. But see, they couldn't track him. That's why it seemed like that. I understand, but I'm just the words came out of his mouth and nobody looked at him and was like, Well, I mean, not to get into semantics. Like timeout sidebar. Uh yes, yes they can't. We we do it literally every day. Uh so that was That's yeah. fair.
0: I also forgot to mention that I wasn't sure how I felt about the drawing thing.
1: <laughs> Especially since it was so clearly a printed page. Yeah. Like the texture on that is kinda hard to hide that. Uh Did you just I whip mean, this I don't... out
0: on your laser printer? <laughs> yeah.
1: He's like, takes some pictures, prints it out. It's like, Yes, I am I am an artist. She's gonna think I'm so cool. <laughs> I just yeah, that was a weird like if he's going to be an artist, maybe have it mean something more. was a fine character choice. Like I don't I don't mind it, but I also was like Eh Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that part was kind of whatever. Um, I did appreciate the realities of living in a police state, but I didn't like how quickly Riker was just like, oh, so we're just just uh, interrogating kids now. Oh, okay. He just kind of he went along with stuff way too quickly with the police gal, and I was like, Riker, I know you want to fuck her, but come on. Like, <laughs> have, have a little standards. bit of a background. <laughs> you You are bringing them medical supplies. You are in a position of power and authority in this dynamic. You don't need to just be like, isn't that a little extreme? You can be like, hey, that's fucked up, and you shouldn't do that. I'm the guy with medical supplies. You have to listen to me. Like, I I don't think that's cool. It's not they cool. They were in a position where they could have easily done that. I was a little, a little let down by Riker. I think he was... Thinking uh thinking thinking a little too much with his saucer section.
0: <laughs> I think you mean his engineering section where the warp core lies.
1: <laughs> mm, fair.
0: And I don't the know. Uh... thinking too much with his nacelle. And the stable wormhole.
1: <laughs> the
0: stable wormhole. Seriously
1: filthy episode. Just filthy. So <laughs> see to that, I was like, oh my God. And I cut some shit out. I'm sure you did. I definitely cut some shit out. Where I was like, that is that is too graphic. I like can't. Although I did leave it like guided mixing drinks in there because I just couldn't. I was like Thank you. Riker fishbowl. That's so vile. It's not even sexual anymore. I'm like, this is just this is just gross out humor and I'm fine with it. <laughs>
0: It is one of my better lines. Uh, should we quote this?
1: Yeah, speaking of better lines. History has shown us that strength may be useless when faced with terrorism. Thoughts? Uh it's pretty it's a pretty good line, I guess. <laughs> Although we're getting real close to that uh, 2024 Irish Unification that they talked about. So I know. we better get on that. They better. Could tell in the writer's room they were just looking like, you think they can get it together in 35 years?
0: Uh in a world where children blow up children, everyone's a threat.
1: That line was amazing. I also like your Alexander Devos. Thank very you. Nice. <laughs> I would like to leave Commander Riker here to assist in your search for Dr. Crusher. If you like. You don't sound very
0: optimistic. I know my enemy, Commander. They don't leave much room for optimism. Ooh. Telling. Ugh, Melinda. So good. <sighs> Captain. Anyone who is willing to transport in this manner would suffer significant internal damage that could be detected. Hmm.
1: Sounds as though they may require the services of a doctor? <laughs> hmm?
0: mm-hmm? That head t- that head tilt sold it.
1: Right. Uh, I really was expecting him to turn directly to camera. <laughs> a doctor? <laughs> uh? <laughs>
0: Like, 90 degrees. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I have been reviewing the history of the armed rebellion, and it appears that terrorism is an effective way to promote political change.
1: Yes, it can be. But I have never subscribed to the theory that political power flows from the barrel of a gun.
0: I wish they would have included the rest of that.
1: What's the rest of it?
0: Just the... Data, you are the most I mean, this question, this question has been around forever. You're the most human. I mean Oh yeah, you're pond- the,
1: the, the answer is you know, to ponder the answer is a human. Yeah. Thing. You're being the most human. We don't have a good answer. Yeah. Something to that effect. It's a good episode. Watch it.
0: It is. It's a great
1: episode. All right, gimme your gimme your Beverly. <laughs> <laughs> you should
0: be drawing, not killing people. I can do both. Thank you. You're very helpful. You could learn to do this when you grow up. If you grow up. Dark. Dirk.
1: Beverly, it is our obligation to think of escape. He's prepared to kill you. An excellent reason to escape. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so bad. Quips, 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 quips. Mm. Already another one to take his place. It never ends. He could have killed you. He didn't. Maybe the
1: end begins with one boy putting down his gun.
0: I'm sorry. If I'd only gone back to the ship... I should have beamed you up. You wouldn't dare. Oh, yes, I would. And should. Without my permission?
1: If you don't follow orders? If you'd give reasonable orders, I'd obey. Doctor, I will be the judge of what is reasonable. (laughs) Hot. Just fuck already. (laughs) Speaking of.
0: Yep. Is that what you want? What I want is to go home, back to my own country, to leave behind the roundups, the interrogations, the bodies lying in the street, to be able to walk without the bodyguards and not to have to jump at every unexpected noise. That's what I want, Riker. You didn't have to kill him. As a prisoner, he would have been a focus for violence as his followers tried to free him. Now he's a martyr, but the death toll might go down, at least in the short term. It's an imperfect solution for an imperfect world.
1: This is Kyril Finn. Don't you know? A dead martyr's worth ten posturing leaders. This is a war for independence. I am no different than your own George Washington. Washington was a military general, not a terrorist. The difference between generals and terrorists, Doctor, is only the difference between winners and losers. Such a great line. Captain, the Federation has a lot to admire in it, but there's a hint of moral cowardice in your dealings with non-aligned planets. You're doing business with a government that is crushing us, and you say you're not involved? You're very, very much involved. You just don't want to get dirty. What happened to them? It's the inverter. It's given our cause a new life, but it asks for our lives in return. How much innocent blood has been spilled for the cause of freedom in the history of your federation, Doctor? How many good and noble societies have bombed civilians in war, have wiped out whole cities, And now that you enjoy the comfort that has come from their battles, their killing, you frown on my immorality? I'm willing to die for my freedom, Doctor. And in the finest tradition of your own great civilizations, I am willing to kill for it, too. And that, my friends, is how you write a fucking monolog mm-hmm. <laughs> I am fighting the only war that I can against an intractable enemy. Now I'm fighting a big war against a morally powerful adversary. Can't you see how that helps me? I'm afraid I can't. He's added another chair to the negotiating table. You added the chair, Captain. I am simply forcing you to sit in it. Wesley's hugging his mom at the end of the episode. Sort of. Kind of. Half-touch. Weird half-hug. Like they're... (sighs) It wasn't a real hug.
0: Just, Just fucking hug.
1: Take us out of orbit, Mr. Crusher. At your convenience.
0: Believe it or not... I always considered myself moderate. What changed your mind? Being stationed here the last six months. Watching the body count grow, the three assassination attempts on my life.
1: I can see where that could affect your point of view.
0: The event that really opened my eyes took place only a few days after my arrival. A terrorist bomb destroyed a shuttle bus. Sixty school children. There were no survivors. The ANSTA claimed it was a mistake, that their intended target was a police transport, as if that made everything right. That day I vowed to put an end to terrorism in this city, and I will. (laughs) Melinda! (laughs) God damn. (laughs) We just, we love you. Holds
1: up. I mean, (laughs) you know, at the time, I feel like this, she's very much talking about, uh, irish independence but it's it's poignant for any sort of struggle
0: it is yeah it really is so cameron yes daniel
1: how many body destabilizing interdimensional wrist transporters (laughs) would you give this episode
0: daniel i'm gonna give this one Four and a half. I just it's it's not without its problems, but it's a remarkable piece of work.
1: Just like you.
0: Oh. <laughs> that was so sweet.
1: I'd give it four point two five. This is endlessly quotable and fabulously acted. And Gates McFadden.
0: I know. <laughs> you almost don't miss Pulaski, except when you do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then you say your name. <laughs> Sometimes a day goes by A whole entire day
0: But yeah, they're both remarkable Hmm? For different, very different ways, but both remarkable Oh, Daniel, we have loved it, hated it, quoted it, and rated it So that just leaves one last thing for us to do, right? Yeah, (laughs) that's
1: for me to wish you all to not just... No, no, I was just
0: just hoping for some kind of response. There you go.
1: Yeah, okay. (laughs) Well, we have loved it, hated it, quoted it, and rated it, and that just leaves one last thing to do.
0: That's true, and that's for me to wish you all to not just have a great week, but to make it so. And for Dan to say,
1: keep on trekking. (laughs)
0: I didn't even get to make my joke. I was going to say 20 minutes of banter. It shows your insanity and your cleverness. Uh, slow Ups and Rewrite shows your intelligence and your sensitivity. And this shows how incredibly gay you are.
1: <laughs> yeah, big old horny queer ball, this one. <laughs> it's all fluid, just like whatever fluids. <laughs> That's what I mean by You know, sexual fluidity. I'm just into fluids. I'm just into fluids. I don't care where they come from. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. We are so off track. We are. um, That's all going to have to be cut, but that's fine. Yep. A Secret Weapon Production.